Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, The War Room. I am one of the hosts of the Constar Pod, Sean Ferrick. You may also know me from Trek Culture, but I am not important because I am joined by the wonderful and amazing Jesse Earl. How are you, Jesse? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. But you are important. You're absolutely wonderful. Don't don't downsell yourself. You're fantastic. Uh, it's okay. It was false modesty. I'm incredible. But <laughs> yeah, no. Good, good, uh, good. Um, no, thank you so much for jumping on. Happy, as we are recording this, uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Is this? Yeah, it's, 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 I, I legitimately don't even know who's playing. So I feel like a bad American, which is fair. I don't, I'm not, I'm not too particularly offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to, I, I'm almost people like, you know, kind of, oh, I see Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Are we getting trailers? Like, sorry, good, good luck at the sports ball, everybody. But mm-hmm. are we getting content? That's what I want to know. That's that's legitimately so uh, whenever it was uh, football Sunday when I was younger, I always loved it because it's like I get to have a lot of snack food. My dad makes all the snack food, about a bunch of people over and then I get to enjoy the commercials like I would do all the they had all those like gimmicky things. Like I remember as a kid, they had like we're gonna have a commercial in 3D. So go to the store and get the crappy 3D glasses to watch your TV. Watch it. It's just like a like Gatorade commercial or something ridiculous. <laughs> oh, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, fair play to them for doing it. But if it mm-hmm. was something like, I don't know. Texas Chainsaw 3D, which I assume they probably wouldn't put an ad on during the Super Bowl. But, I mean, you uh, never know. Just like well, just yeah. cut out some heads during the uh, during the middle of the game. You know, is that not what normally happens during football? I think so. I you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I I know they throw a ball through a hoop and or goal. Possibly, I'm not sure. Yeah. I in fairness, I cannot say that you're right or wrong. Uh, sure, oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for, for the sake of the very confused listeners right now who they were like, oh, this was a Star Trek. I mean, I'm learning about the Super Bowl. Um, that's probably all of my Super Bowl knowledge and all of our Super Bowl oh, has just been put out there. So. Combined together, that's pretty much uh, about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something that, something I think you might have heard of, uh, there's this franchise mm. that's been running for a while now. Um, uh, Doctor Who. It, so, I was, oh, yeah. Doctor I was going to say Star Wars, probably. Yeah, that probably makes the most sense, yeah. How about that book of Boba Fett? That's been really great. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, yeah. The the anthology of the Mandalorians. Yeah, it's been good yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, which, in fairness, I actually kind of like that we got season three of Mando halfway through. I mean, this is this is we could spiral off in its own whole conversation. <laughs> I agree with you. I enjoyed it as, as a Star Wars fan. I enjoyed it as someone who was like looking for a Boba Fett story. I was like, oh, come on, poor poor Boba getting the shaft. But basically, uh, uh, but so right, pin that. We will do another <laughs> podcast specifically on the 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 book featuring Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, what I really want to know is, I want to know all about you. From the moment you were born until this very phone mm. call, I want to know absolutely well, everything there is to know about you. Well, my mom got a call. Well, my mom started giving birth and went to the hospital. And cool. at that moment, I knew that I was going to be a Trekkie. So <laughs> <laughs> we say that like it's like a joke. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it legitimately says in my Twitter bio, Trekkie by birth. So, <laughs> um, so first question earliest memory of trek what 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 was the one that brought you to this crazy wacky franchise i i love i legitimately love this story because it's always i have i i think i have laid the claim to weirdest entry point to star trek which is my parents were divorced and so on the weekends i like friday nights my mom would drop me off at my dad with my dad we'd meet like they lived about an hour apart so we'd meet halfway in between uh both part both houses and so when my dad picked me up, he would always like play something in the car, like an audiobook or whatever. And one day he played the audiobook of Star Trek Nemesis, my first ever encounter with Star Trek. And it's actually like as bad as Nemesis is, the audiobooks that they made, especially then, were fantastic because they had full sound effects, like really well done, like like music and stuff. It was excellent. And I just fell in love with it. Can like dad, can I? can I steal this from you? And I just devoured the rest of that audiobook that night and then just like asked him what this was. And he bought me season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation on DVD. So he just like had me go backwards <laughs> through the entire, like through entirety of DNG. And that's how I got into, uh, got into Trek was just through the audiobook of Star Trek Nemesis. That, no, that is cool. I do love that um, mm-hmm. because I, got, I promise you, I did not see that answer coming. Right. It's the I, I think, like I said, I think I have the stake to claim to one of the weirdest, if not the weirdest entry points to track, which I'm very proud of. Oh, really? And also, I mean, poor, poor Star Trek Nemesis. 
Um, it has, yeah. Listen, we know, but it is my say... least. It is my least favorite Trek movie. Now that I'm older, it's like it is my least favorite of all the Trek movies. To be fair, I, I actually I, I just did a deep dive there on Final Frontier, and mm. as as Final Frontier as it is, there is still some pretty good. I love the friendship scenes, yeah. McCoy, Spock, and Kirk. Cyborg is brilliant. He's he's yeah. a brilliant character in an okay. Film. All right, okay, it's a stretch. In a film. He's in a film. He's, he's definitely yeah. in a film. Like, I, I, I defend Final Frontier because it is a great to get drunk with your friends and just enjoy it kind of movie. I did it for my birthday. You get, like, it, there's some decently good moments. So you can be like, this is good Star Trek, like the campfire scene. And also, I still argue it's the best McCoy scene in all of Star Trek, uh, at least it for for uh, with his father. Yes, it's the only yeah. scene that he actually gets like character like character moments that are his and his alone. Um, and then the rest of it is just like dumb fun that's just enjoyable. That's it. It, it is a perfectly inoffensive film. Mm-hmm. You know, now it is very much. I think uh, what was it? Was it Ralph Winter was, was, was saying that all the reviews had come in for Voyage Home. And they were all just, as he says it, so we were all just smoking these reviews and we were just, yeah, we'll make a film, it'd be great and everything. And nobody stopped to go, bit, bit of a bit of an Ian Malcolm kind of, you were all too busy wondering whether or not you could. You never stopped to wonder whether you should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm still disappointed we didn't get the rock suit monsters that Kurt, uh, that William Shatner wanted so bad. I'm sorry, there's, there's an alternate universe where they exist and, it, and, it's, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it's the highest grossing film of them all. And uh, there's like seven more films after that with the original series cast um, that were made quickly so that McCoy could get in, or <laughs> DeForest Kelly could get insurance to get on set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sad mm-hmm. face. But um, I'm surprised Lower Decks hasn't made a joke at that expense, the, uh, the, the rock monsters, but maybe one day. Have now, it? Mike McMahon, I know you are listening to this. So yes, yes. we want it. We need yeah. it. <laughs> so Jesse gets credit for that idea when it inevitably happens <laughs> in Star Trek Lower Decks. That will be all credit goes to yourself. Um, so you listen to this audiobook, you watch season seven of TNG. Um, you're watching things like masks going, what is happening? Um, and well, did you the weirdest then... one for me was was Descent Part Two because I had no I, I had no idea what was happening. That was the first episode that I watched. It was just like Descent Part Two. No, I no idea what just happened. In Descent Part One. No idea who the Borg are or Hugh is, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. I was sit, sitting there looking at you know who's that fellow with the white skin and why is he twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's happening here? Why is everyone upset at him? Why is he all pissy? <laughs> he, he, he's, he's very robotic, isn't he? But yeah, I thought he was dead at the end of that audiobook I listened to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, so from there, so so where do you go? Do you then go watch back through TNG? Do you pick up from because obviously this is 2002, so you have everything bar mm-hmm. enterprise available to you really at this point. Yeah, so I, I forget the exact timeline of events after that, but I do know so I, I devoured season seven of TNG and I remember watching it repeatedly. Uh and then either two things happen. I well. My dad probably showed me a bunch of like TNG episodes just randomly because he would record them. And then I started going off and finding it on my own. And two things that I basically remember is uh, I remember watching reruns of Star Trek on Spike TV, which it, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You probably don't I'm, have I that. I know of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it was the man's channel. It was the manly man's channel, which clearly didn't work on me and my my poor little trans butt. But, uh, but they played Star Trek. And I just remember loving the commercials. It was like Star Trek. They had TNG and Deep Space Nine. So I was like, Deep Space Nine, be a man like Cisco and kick the Dominion's butt. It was like stuff. It was like oh, ads my. like that which I want to find because they were wonderful. Um, just like so like testosterone-fueled Star Trek <laughs> commercials. Oh. The next thing you get, like, you know, kind of TAG, you get this Shakespearean actor, you know, kind of yeah. talking our way through the universe. Odd choice for Spike TV, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, they, they, they got me into it. So I watched those. And then um, I, I remember also coming, again, my dad gets credit for a lot of the stuff I'm into, like even The Hobbit he got me into, but I came downstairs one day and this is also going to make people laugh, but he's like, uh, you know, he just called me over. He's like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. This is the coolest intro ever. I love this intro. And he played me the Star Trek Enterprise intro. <laughs> because <laughs> he loved it and i love it too for obvious reasons i mean pay to the hearts a banger but 100%. but he 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 loved the um 
the visuals of that. I mean, the visuals of that opening are fantastic, like going through the history of everything. And he was just, he, he my dad gets very passionate and just, as I do about stuff. And he's just like, just like, was like, look at all this, this is the history of space flight and all this. And so he got really excited. And then we watched the episode together. And the, that was the first live, like the episode that I caught of a Star Trek show that was airing at the time, like live airing. And that was um, The Expanse. Uh, so seasons two, oh, yeah. season two finale. And then from there, after the summer, I got into uh, Searching Enterprise season three. And that's where I watched every episode of Enterprise season three, season four, week to week, um, and was very saddened when it went off the air. And I remember, I, I have distinct memories of watching These Are the Voyages. And also, um, uh, was is Terra Prime is the second part of that? Um, what, so I Terra, I want to say Demons and Terra Prime is the two part. And then, yeah, you've got yes. These Are the Voyages then are... Yeah, the finale. Well, it, it aired. It aired. I think it was whatever the second part of that uh, demons and Terra Prime two part is. I forget which one is which. But it aired the second part of that, and these are the voyages. And I remember being oh. at my grandmother's house and watching both that night, and like crying when they like again. These are the voyages. I know is a bad episode, not by by now, but when I watched it as a kid, I just remember the like they do the last little uh, Star Trek like exit with all the Enterprises, and I just remember crying like watching it because like I just remember to miss the Star Trek um so yeah but then i still had voyager and the original series to catch up on at that point so that's kind of it, it, it because i was well i think thanks to my similar thanks to my dad my dad got me into star trek and i know i watched not much of it but i think i watched season seven of next gen on airing mm-hmm. um like i had because by the i think by the time i saw generations i had watched all of next gen mm-hmm. um and it wasn't much time between them but I did my, my earliest like actual memory is generations in the cinema. Oh, that has to be so wonderful. Like Kirk, like Kirk and Picard, like it, again, movie. Okay. I think it's a good movie, but still it's just like, Oh, that has to be so cool. I am jealous because the only Star Trek movies I've seen in the cinema and they're great movies to see is all the Kelvin films. I've seen them. Yep. Didn't see any of the other movies in, in the movie theater. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm jealous of having that experience. It must be so cool. We had a, like Ed, spoiler it was uh, like the enterprise b you know mm. which it, it, the way it's filmed it's a big ship anyway but then it's on a 50 foot screen yeah you're just like oh. what um i think though i remember like i love I, I loved them all in the cinema insurrection was great in the cinema I, I i i like insurrection quite a bit there's a lot of nostalgia on it mm. i watched it a lot when it came out on video um and it is i mean it's the biggest complaint is that it's a long episode of the next generation i love the next generation so it's like, yeah, not a problem yeah. not at all yeah uh first contact scared the piss out of me um <laughs> fair very complete fair. and utter to the point where oh we were in this really classic cinema right and first contact is not a long film but they gave us a pee break really how after the film they stopped the film and my dad was like what's going on why would you like, ruin that oh no yeah. and they were like you know yeah you know intermission i was like what yeah, so huh. that was yeah. But I remember Did at least going, put like the word mission in like a Star Trek font because that would make it at least somewhat worthwhile. <laughs> no, I think they had some like old lad from Dublin just going, "Here, lads, I want to have a piss with you." Ah, oh, damn, it. <laughs> damn it! That's how. Actually, now that I want to watch all my Star Trek episodes like that, just have oh, someone just go like, "Hey, lads, go go, go get a piss." <laughs> go on now. You look like you're bursting. Go on. Now. <laughs> um, but so after you sort of mainlined them all, so I'm really curious to go. So how did you go from I really like Star Trek. Star Trek is cool to becoming the YouTube superstar that you are now. Um, wow. Okay, so there's a there's a big journey in there. Um, I'm trying to think of like the best the best way to tell this story. I think so. I got into doing YouTube day to day because I I went to film school because uh, I got inspired a lot by Star Trek, but also like other things like um, just a bunch of TV shows. I know it's somewhat problematic now but like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, Joss Whedon stuff which again Joss Whedon is his own whole conversation we could get into but um, but I was inspired by that sort of thing and I really wanted to go into film and then when you go out to Hollywood you immediately have all your dreams come crashing down around you with the reality of <laughs> reality of, of what Hollywood is and um, and not to say that I still don't want to do that and still can't do that. But what I ended up getting into at the time after I do doing some like grunt work jobs and things like that was uh, I started working in an LGBTQ magazine on their video team called the Advocate Out Magazine. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, yeah. I really yeah. 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 Um, which also has a bunch of Trekkies and they're the ones that just did those fantastic shoots with um, wow. Culver. Yeah. With all yeah. of them. They're really, really good. And my friend who I used to work with 
uh, ran those and he, he's a big Trekkie himself. Um, anyways, so uh, worked there on the video team. And what I started to realize, like, I really love working online because all of that was like making Facebook videos, YouTube videos, things like that. And at the time I started to realize that while I liked doing this, I hadn't really trusted my own self to be creative and to like make things with my own voice. So I started being like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to force myself to make a video every week just on my own and just do it for myself. It doesn't necessarily have to be good. It just has to be a thing that I'm making that is my own. And so I started doing that and I started also doing Star Trek Discovery reviews because I was really upset at the time because this was around when Discovery season two was happening um, that a lot of the discourse on YouTube around Discovery was a lot of the like very toxic stuff that Mm. we still exist today, sadly. But it was just it's just like I love this show. And as much as I know there are problems, especially with early seasons of Star Trek Discovery, it was the first time in my adult life that like I had Star Trek again week to week and I actually got to share it with people um, that it wasn't just like because, you know, as a kid in high school or whatever, getting made fun of for having Star Trek and being a big Star Trek fan. And like that was part of the experience for me. It's like now I actually had some friends come over and we watched episodes of Discovery together. And it's like I wanted to share that and find that community at that time. So I was making videos and things like that. And then I was also doing, you know, Star Trek reviews. And like, they didn't do gangbusters, but they were doing pretty well for for me. And then I just kept going and going and going with it to kind of where I'm at now, where I've just tried to marry these two different kind of concepts that I I find myself end up talking about a lot, which is pop culture, mainly Star Trek, and then LGBTQ issues, social issues, political issues, and finding ways to, in both arenas, talk about things, talk about them not in a way that fits into this uh by you know you know this um diametric antagonistic way but just talk about them in ways that's like we can talk about the good and the bad in equal measure because we learn from both the good and the bad it's why i love trek in general it's like the whole thing with trek is that it has always striven to be better it has always striven to be a series about stuff and saying something about the world but has never gotten it perfectly right but we learn just as much from where it screws up as where it succeeds but we have to acknowledge where it fails in order to do that and I just love that. And I've applied that, tried to apply that same ethos to everything that I do, even politics, social issues, LGBTQ issues. Like we need to talk about both and do so in a way that feels constructive instead of like deconstructive and just hating on each other. Absolutely. And I think um, obviously one thing that your videos are fantastic for is that uh, we were joked just for recording about like, you know, sometimes they can, it's hard to pare down. There's so much kind of so much that needs mm-hmm. to be said. Sometimes it can be very difficult to edit that down in in a way i'm very lucky i'm here to talk about 10 things that's it you know and then i'm out of here I right yeah, off so this, i got it you know? see ya yeah. <laughs> and then some poor editor uh has to sit there and go like what have you sent me sean why <laughs> why have you done this again um but like you have obviously the added job of you know you present you record that's great then you know you hit the record button that stops it great it's not like then you then get to walk away from the computer and mm-hmm. then you have the editing stage and then you have all of the marketing that goes along with that and everything. So yes. how, I mean, in terms of balance of life, first <laughs> of all, do you What's have that? one? Yeah. <laughs> I call it my balance of terror. Is, uh... <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. No, I mean, this, this is gets into, this gets into my own like life stuff. I mean, I do, I do try to have a life, but because of the pandemic it's somewhat been on hold regardless. And I'll be honest, I'm a bit of a workaholic uh, to be quite frank with you, because I do my own channel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also work for GameSpot right now doing GameSpot stuff. I'm also trying to work on some of my own creative projects and things like that. Um, so it, it's one of those like, I need to be better about carving out space for myself to, to not do this. But I, I don't know. I just enjoy, I enjoy being creative. I enjoy making things. And also there's an element of it, like, um, you know, two things with that, like I, you know, this gets into my own psychology, but I like feeling useful. And there's times where like, if I just relax myself, I get all anxious. Like I can't just enjoy a video game. I can't just watch something. I need to actually get it done. Um, and so that, that's just, like part of who I am and it's something that I fight against but it's it's a I don't know I enjoy it though I enjoy when you get into an edit that you just start like feeling it and when you know something's working and you're like oh this is a lot of fun I can add this I can do this and you can just play around with it it's just it's a really good time and uh yeah I just I love that element of like making something creative that you hope goes out into the world that people enjoy 
Well, I mean, as a viewer, we are enjoying it. And <laughs> I do hope that you continue for quite some time. That's the plan. Uh, yeah, good, good. I was, because you do, like, genuinely, you worry sometimes when online content creators, it can burn you out. Mm-hmm. It, it can, it can completely devour, um, you know, and obviously we're joking, but you know, work-life balance, it is important because if it's everything, you know, you wake up first thing in the morning, it's like, right, okay, mm-hmm. let's, yeah, da, 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 and you're, you know, the nature of online content creation is like time zones, bah, don't be silly. Well, that yellow thing in the sky, I haven't seen that in months. What's, what's that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And that, I mean, to a degree, partially, like I said, I think pandemic times have, have made it a little bit difficult and I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully soon things evening out a little bit more so I can be like, okay, I can do that. But now it's just like, well, might as well do something, you know, work related since I'm here. But, um, but the other thing to it is, is that, you know, you, I, I talk about it openly on my channel. I always try to find a balance between doing the really harder topics. Like this is going to be a video about a really difficult subject that is hard for me is, is stressful for me to make because it's like talking about, you know, horrible stuff that turfs are doing or things like that. Um, but then I try to marry that with like doing something about Star Trek. Like today, after we're done recording, I'm doing a video where I'm just going to be making fun of uh, how to start watching Star Trek. Like it's going to be a video to help people get introduced to Star Trek. I'm going to make some jokes. I'll be a dork. I'll get to wear cosplays. It's going to be a good time. And yeah, that's like work technically, but I just enjoy doing it. I enjoy being a weird dorky doofus on camera um, and just like making fun of the thing that I really, really love. And so in, in a lot of ways, that's, that's, kind of my anti-burnout while it is like still contributing to the channel it is also what rejuvenates me like I just get so passionate about uh about Star Trek because I do think it just is reflective of everything that I believe in like just just to its core ethos I do think it just speaks to who I am and I, I actually legitimately you know I joke about it and I'm sure you probably feel the same but like a lot of who I am both my values and how I think about the world does come from this franchise and i think that it's just why i'm so passionate about it um it, it, it's, it's funny that you say it because you're right in that some people will be like oh yeah oh, everyone said it's because it really is there are so many lessons to be learned and and now that's i think where some of the some of the more toxic discourse um like i'm often i will talk about things i don't like in track like the, there's mm-hmm. as you said no track is perfect absolutely yeah. not take some like some of the most perfect episodes ever still probably have things that you could tweak or turn around best of both worlds is gets a little bit like slow paced and, and boring in the second part and it's it's still great but yeah it's not perfect yeah and 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 continuity person for best of both worlds what happened with Riker and uh dr crush's hair you know he <laughs> says fire they step out for a haircut and come back in. lol um, yeah but yeah, oh, but, continuity, continuity in track is my favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it is. It is. Like, oh, no, it's like, because sometimes it's like, well done. That paid off brilliantly. I see what you did. You really paid attention. And other times it's just like, nobody take a set photo that day. Like, no, no, mm-hmm, that's, right. mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's okay. You got it. It's fine. Jordy yeah. can have the yesterday's Enterprise uh, uh, outfit talking with Guinan. It's okay. No worries. <laughs> I, I feel one day I'll, I'll be in a position where I can have a chat to LeVar Burton and I'll ask. So, how often every day okay that's grand yeah <laughs> yeah 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 oh poor poor Jordy. um but uh, yeah no something that you sorry i don't, I don't want to cut you off no please go ahead well one, yeah one of the things that you like touched upon there like that that frustrates me like look obviously we know there's the toxic part of fandom that that stokes the, and i talked about this in a recent video that i did on the matrix where like the whole part of that is it, it's stoking antagonism and binarized discourse that ultimately feeds like really more horrific stuff um and more political stuff again you can check out that video for my thoughts on that but but what also saddens me a lot about the toxic discourse when it is like ah alice churchman the worst and star trek discovery is awful and it's all emotional trek they're crying all the time and it's just like i'm not here to tell you whether or not you should like these shows i mean i certainly have my problems with modern trek i mean i i i still love it like i love disco i love picard i love all these things even though i have major problems with them in in a lot of aspects too i have major problems with the older stuff too um but what what saddens me is kind of what I talked about the, earlier is that these these sort of toxic discussions just frame things in that antagonistic and reductive way instead of being mm. like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. What does that mean? What does that say? Because art should be a conversation. It should be there to start conversations. No art is perfect. 
And yes, we could say some art is more qualitatively good or bad and have that sort of consensus. But what I find way more interesting is not just qualifying things as thing good, thing bad, but like being like, well, what can we learn from it? Like, what can we learn from, you know, a bad episode of Star Trek? Like, what, what is there to say? Like, even Code of Honor, like, right? Code of Honor, incredibly racist episode, but you can learn about like how those sort of things and those sort of stereotypes get ingrained into Hollywood, how they happen in things like this. Like, where does that come from? I'm not saying it's an episode that should have been made. I think it's like, it's sad. It's a sad part of Star Trek history, but it's also worth the discussion instead of just leaving it as like, oh, thing bad. Because if we don't have the discussion, then we don't get to, you know, stop it from happening in the future. Well, that is absolutely, that, that is a wonderful point. Very well made that, you know, if if everything was, you know, perfect from the beginning from the offset and that everyone in the world no matter what thought is perfect there'd be never any reason to do any more of it mm-hmm. because we're just, mm-hmm. what do we just we did repeat it. the same Made thing it. yeah huh? i don't know if one go home go for beers you know yeah, yeah. um and it's the, the the flaws that help you grow as 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 you have said the flaws that help you grow um and i mean that is that was as true in 1966 as it is in 2022 mm-hmm Exactly. I mean, there's a quote from Gene Roddenberry. I mean, I, I think Data says it in, in um, the, the episode with Lol. It's, it's one of my favorite quotes ever. It's Data says, we must strive to be more than we are. We'll never reach our ultimate goal, but the effort yields its own reward. Like that's, that is uh, one of my favorite Star Trek quotes ever, because it's, I think it just epitomizes everything about it. It's just that we, we will always, we must strive to be perfect. We must strive to be better. We must strive to be um, continually growing. And yet we're never going to reach that. And so when I when I hear people like, you know, talking about art in this way or even like inside Star Trek itself being like, oh, it's a utopia, it's a utopia, everyone's perfect. That was the problem that Gene Roddenberry got into in early TNG where he just saw this stuff as perfect. And it's like, no, the, the what what is what is great about Trek is that these are flawed human beings. They're they're better than us, certainly <laughs> in many aspects, but they're also make mistakes. But they're always the, the difference is. Unlike today, where we sometimes seem to forget, or at least many people seem to forget, that we should be trying to make it constructive or trying to look at ourselves and grow from these things um, and not wanting to do a search of ourselves to see what we did wrong or how to grow from it. The people in the future are constantly addressing that and constantly being like, how do we do better? How do we grow from this? What's the next step? Um, and that's what I think is so wonderful about Trek. So. Um completely uh, just yes to everything you just said yes um sorry I, to get so philosophical I do. Not at all. I, I, I imagine having a conversation that features star trek and going, oh, sorry to be philosophical it's like oh uh, yeah it's off. Well, if there was one <laughs> franchise and not that star, look, star trek is not unique in this and i am by no means uh you can only like one thing or another thing i quite enjoy a lot of star wars you know mm-hmm. i um uh, i i have yet to start the expanse i am told <sighs> it is quite good it is excellent. It is one of my personal favorites. I, 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 I it's technically off the air now, uh, though mm. there's hints that they might do more from it, considering where they left things off. But um, if it was my favorite science fiction show running, um, even, even knowing full well that Discovery Picard and all of them are on the air right now, I love The Expanse. It's fantastic. You are in for a treat. Well, that is why I, I, I will. I, and, I just, I, and also, I think I have recorded myself saying I will before, so I will actually commit to it. Right? I will do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually, so funny enough, I hadn't intended to think this, but you triggered something in my memory here. You mentioned that you were a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. I am mm-hmm. massive fan of Buffy. I have I have a tattoo on my back that is I from- I did not know that. Oh my indeed, gosh. I do, yeah. Uh, and it is the logo from Angel. Just if everyone wants to Google that, it's there to be found. <laughs> because I think as well, um, it, it like that, a show that unfortunately, somewhat ironically, tended to embrace difference, tended to showcase um, personal growth, personal uh, responsibility a lot as well, which now seems like more of a victory than it was intended to be, certainly, because Mm -hmm. of what we now know. Um, But so when, say, when you were watching things like Buffy, how much of that do you think affected you personally? Mm. I mean, most 
definitely like all the time. Like again, I, so, you know, I, I've talked openly about this. I mean, obviously I'm, you know, I'm out as trans. I'm also, you know, I mentioned I'm, I'm autistic as well. And I was bullied a lot in, in high school and, you know, I did have my friends and stuff, but like a lot of that stuff is like, there's a lot going on and a lot dealing with as a kid. And, and so having these worlds were also just like nice escapes and nice way to be like oh look I have friends like I know Picard I know Data I know you know Buffy I know all, like I know these people and I can hang out with them I mean I know I think a lot of a lot of you know Trekkies um have experienced that in some way shape or form just like oh I have people to hang out with but again like I think it's just it would also like connected with me, me with my father in a lot of aspects like again as I mentioned before like he he is just a big nerd too mm -hmm. and so getting to share all of that with him uh though he I'm gonna this is also an aside he looks my if you ever see a picture of my dad he looks just like Jonathan Frakes as Riker he looks just like him and he hates Riker and I don't understand he's just like oh he's the most boring man ever I'm like what Riker is the best he's the he's, most wonderful he's brilliant. he's still brilliant making his pizzas yeah. out, out the forest yeah yeah anyways yeah my dad hates Riker I'm, I'm very disappointed in him we'll I'll teach him one day but um but yeah so uh, that's inside but yeah connecting with him um, but I think just most of all, I mean, is 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 I've already mentioned numerous times, so I won't like be too repetitive. But like, it just taught me my sort of uh, you know way to think about the world. Like, you know, my family is Roman Catholic, at least on my mom's side, so they're super religious. But I was never a big religious person. But I've I've come to like recognize in my adult life, like the same ways, like setting aside the problems of organized religion the same sort of values and and feelings of like how to guide themselves and sort of goalposts around into you know how to deal with conceiving of the world that they get from their religious beliefs i get a lot of that from star trek not saying that i hold star trek as like this big religious thing but i do know that like you know i, I sort of think about things in those terms like infinite diversity and combinations taking delight in the differences of others um striving to be better uh you know th those core values are what I hold on to. And I'm like, that probably comes from Trek as opposed to like something like uh, religion or things like that. I, I actually think, again, excellent point, well made. Uh, I was raised Roman Catholic as well. Um, I was an altar boy for three years, absolutely smashed mm. it. I was the best at the cross jobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just ate, I just ate all the, I ate all the crackers or, or the, 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 I, I, you know, I, the poor sacrament, I, I my Roman Catholic, uh, at my grandmother's, they had like the bread bowl. And you're supposed to go up and just have one of like the one little piece of bread the, for the body of Jesus Christ. I would go up and just grab my hand in and grab a whole bunch and just like start snacking on the bread. I know I'm a heathen. I understand. I'm not insulting anyone's religious beliefs. Totally fine. But I, <laughs> I was not very respectful of that at all. Um, I... Uh, as soon as I was old enough to try the blood of Christ, I knew I'd probably had problems in my life. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I liked that a little bit too much. Oh, dear. Yeah, oh, yeah, dear. yeah. Uh, there's that family guy, family guy jokes like, this dude must have been wasted all the time if this is his blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah, Our early family guy as well. Yeah. Um, so, simple question, but potentially complicated answer. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite episode of Star Trek and why? Ooh. Oh God. Um, oh, that's so difficult. Honestly, I'm like trying to think of what the exact answer would be. There's only 800 <laughs> options. Yeah. 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 Right. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll give you the stereotypical one. I, I feel like I, I, I have the answer, but I, I know if you ask me any other day, I'd really, really think about it. And I think part of it is like, I don't, I know it's one I can I can say I hate the most, but I know definitively. But I can, but I, I'll uh, in terms of my favorite, I probably would say in the pale moonlight. Um, I know that that is somewhat the stereotypical choice in a lot of ways, um, and I probably could again pick me on a different day. I'll find someone else. But uh, I think that that one is just such a number one a wonderful acting showcase by Avery Brooks. It is performed brilliantly not just on an acting level but in terms of like staging and blocking like the whole bit where he's speaking to the camera and there's a moment where he like um he he i forget exact his exact lines but it's the end of the episode where he's giving that final monologue that yeah. like i can live with it bit he like touches where his like starfleet badge would be when he like says certain things it's just like small moments of like blocking and how he's standing you can just tell the artistry on display in 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 all the technical aspects of that scene too and then you have andrew robinson uh, andrew, uh yeah andrew robinson with garrick doing a fantastic job and it's it's also just an episode that really i think deconstructs what does what deep space nine does the best which is deconstruct 
uh, Star Trek uh, in an intriguing way that says like, to hold on to this utopia, sometimes we have to make morally gray choices. But the goal is that like, while we live in that world where sometimes the morally gray choices have to be done, we also try to hold ourselves to better values and try to fight for better values. And so while that episode ends on a darker note, the whole rest of the show is about like getting from there to the end to here, to getting to the, the element of saying like, we can still fight for the better optimistic future, even if we fail at it sometimes. And I think that that, that episode just, I think reflects that in so many ways on just it thematically, technically acting wise it is i think it's an absolute masterpiece of an episode i agree i think it's safe to say it's top 10 trek do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? of, of, across mm -hmm. all of the, the iterations for all of the reasons you've mentioned plus anything with garrick in it is i'm oh, gonna yeah. make my top 10 uh, instantaneously <laughs> um you see andrew robinson come up at the bottom of the screen of an episode he's like ah it's gonna be great it's gonna be good <laughs> i loved season seven how much garrick did we get it was great mm -hmm. it was and then, of course, that guest starring bit on what you leave behind and you can go out and make a coffee and come back and it's still going. Because mm -hmm. everyone is in that episode. Um, it, was a it was a fabulous choice. Um, I actually, I do remember watching that episode and I would have been eight or something, maybe eight or nine at the time. So obviously a lot of the, a lot of the heavier, heavier stuff, I, I'm, I don't really understand it. I'm still seeing mm -hmm. it, you know, whatever it was. but I do remember that last monologue. As a child, I was just like, this is big. This something, yeah. this is big, isn't it? Hang on. Uh, this, is whole, this is a whole thing going on. <laughs> dad, dad. <laughs> Dad's just like, okay, so the topic of war crimes covers the fuck. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're going to have to do some, uh, some, some learning here. I also, the episode just is also like memeable too. Like it's a fake, like, come on. There's nothing more memeable than that moment in all of Trek. Oh, he's he's pretty like how how could an episode that is as dark as that have what is arguably one of the instant rib crackers? You yeah, know? it's like it's, per it's perfect. I laugh every time I see that meme. I laugh every single time. It's wonderful. I love I love the adaptation of it as well. You know, kind of going to a bakery. It's a cake. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's such so it, it just again all around masterpiece of an episode. In terms of obviously your own content. Um, now, I was very lucky to be uh, able to contribute to one of your listeners. Thank you yeah, so much thank, again. No, thank you for being in it. It was like, it was like, oh, yay, I got shot. It was wonderful. It made me, made me very pleased. I was very happy and excited to have you in it. I, I was delighted. And I tell you, the problem now is get rid of me. You know, kind of like, <laughs> going to be in everything. Open the door. <laughs> I'll just be like, the next the next video I do, like, it'll just be watching and just checking the video. So, wait, how did Sean get in here? What? There's a whole sec. What is this? <laughs> I didn't edit this. <laughs> Hello, I'm John. Here are all the ups and downs for Jesse Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but is there, you know, and again, if you wanted, if, if you can answer this, is there something in terms of your own content that you kind of, that you haven't yet done that you, I want to do? I, that there's, there's things set down that I want to get to that. And for whatever reason, maybe just it's on the back burner or that you would like to do with your content. Um, well, I can give you two answers to that. One is like the YouTube kind of content answer. And then one is like beyond that. Um, the YouTube content answer is I would like to start doing um, like even more sort of visually distinctive videos. I mean, you're already starting to see that a little bit where like the sex and Star Trek one that I did where like I yeah. had a bunch of outfits and costumes and I'm doing that more and more. But I also want to like, usually it's me in a costume talking to camera. And so I'm trying to start to think more about like, how do I break that format and how do I do more fun things? Like um, this is, it's, it's, it's on the back, it, technically this is on the back burner, but one video that I'm very excited that I'm currently working on um, was, you know, I'm, as some people know, I was planning on getting facial feminization surgery, um, which unfortunately got delayed due to COVID related issues. And it was something that was very difficult, but a video that I want to do is like discussing um, what it feels like to be trans across time and across transition. Oh. And so I want to do a video where I record myself pre uh, FFS and post FFS and have a conversation with myself about like, cause trans is very much an identity that is about transition. And like, what does it mean to, are you still trans when you're static in how you feel like you're, you know, expressing your gender at that point. And so it's, it's, it, it, I think it'll be an interesting conversation, but obviously that is on the back burner because I have to wait for FFS. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the stuff that I want to do more of and, and also break out into doing, you know, uh, one thing that I sort of uh, 
again, mentioning that I'm autistic, I hyperfixate on things. So it's very easy for me to be like, all right, I'm going to write 20 pages on Star Trek because I can just rattle that off whenever, um, make a whole script. But it's also like difficult for me to be like, okay, now I need to hyperfixate on something else to be able to talk about that. Like I, when it comes to politics or social issues, trans issues, I will deep dive on everything. But it's like, all right, let's find something else and, and break out. And I do that from time to time, like the Matrix video I did and everything. Yeah. Just like I want to try and do that more. It's just that my brain is something that like I need to tell you everything that I know, which means I need to know everything before I can make my two and a half hour long diatribe for you. Um, so that's one element. And then the second thing that I really want to tr I'm hoping to explore more is fiction. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I have found my voice in a confidence, my voice that I did not have way back when I started this journey back in the advocate when I worked at the advocate now magazine, everything like that. You know, I didn't have a confidence in my own voice to tell my own stories. And now I feel like I've found that, especially in nonfiction, in analysis. But I want to try and do more fiction. And especially, um, you know, I do want to do film. I would love to direct a short film, and I have some ideas for that. But I'm also a big fan of audio dramas. I love audio dramas to death, like absolutely to death. Um, and I want to do an audio drama very badly. Um, so that is that is the project that I have not officially started but i know what it's going to be I want to do a horror horror audio drama be a lot of fun um so hopefully that'll come in the near future we'll see how that goes though that would be amazing i genuinely i wish you good luck with that because i am so here for like i i'm the same i'm relatively recent converse to audio in general um mm -hmm. i you know i am keeping audible in business uh because i just i <laughs> Because so easy, obviously, you have a book on something while you're while you're working mm -hmm. away. Well, not so much while I'm recording. It's like, Sean, why are you listening to Dracula while doing the ups and downs for this week's discovery? What's that about? But um, like that sounds I, fascinating. I love oh, I love audio dramas. I mean, I mean, honestly, there's a connection to Trek too because like I got into it through audio books, but also um, <laughs> these are funny. Uh, William Shatner had those Star Trek Shatnerverse books that he did. Oh yeah, and he yeah. did the audio books for them. I listened to those audio books nonstop, and just a bunch of Star Trek. Like they have um, Sulu uh, audio dramas adventures that I really loved. Um, but then as I got older, I've gotten more into more you know comprehensive audio dramas like the Big Finish Doctor Who stuff, where they have sound yes. effects, actors, multiple different actors. They do EQ, so it sounds like people are coming in and coming out and from, talking from a distance, like very intricate stuff and I love that because what I love most about audio drama specifically as a medium is unlike the written word where obviously you're being guided but there's a lot of your imagination in there so it's like you sure. it's one person having a conversation with another person you're reading one person's words you're the one person interacting with television it's a bunch of people that you're like making this one thing it's a very collaborative process but movies tend to like give you everything yes you can think about everything but you get the visuals you get the sound like everything is there for you with audio dramas it's kind of the best of both worlds to use the phrase nice. um where uh you get you get actors contributing you get like sound effects you get all these people making this product for you and yet you get to have an active role in it as well where you get to imagine the visuals yourself and um, I just, I, I love that because it feels like audio dramas out of all the many disparate mediums are very much a uh, collaborative process, not only with you, the, not only with the people making it, but with you, the listener. Um, I think video games might be the only other one that really has that too, where there's such that collaborative process with the person making it. And particularly I love horror because often with audio drama horror, you create something scarier than anyone else could have imagined in your own brain. Um, which I think just makes audio drama horror just the scariest thing. Like when audio drama horror nails it, it nails it. So uh, I could I could just because obviously a lot of time I will listen to stuff uh, at night. You know, be in bed. Mm -hmm. I could just imagine a good audio horror, and I just be like clutching the sheets around me, going like, "This was a terrible idea." If you, if I make two suggestions, one of them is Trek related. Um, oh yes, yeah. Uh, first one is this is not the non Trek related one. Magnus Archives. Magnus is a podcast fantastic it's eldritch horror at its finest uh starts i'll give you the quick pitch it starts off as just like there's this uh archive of like spooky stuff and you're listening to the archivist just like tell one-off stories like oh we have this you know statement from somebody and just reads it and it's a creepy story and you're like oh very scared and some of them can get very scary but then a few episodes in you start to realize oh wait these these are connected somehow like that person appeared in this and he starts realizing it too and Ooh. as you go through the series it's still one-off stories, but then they start to get even more interconnected. And the way that that universe comes together is one of the creepiest and coolest things I've heard in fiction. So I would, and it also is tells it's five seasons. 
So it has a definitive ending. Like it tells one cohesive story over five seasons. It has a definitive ending, good ending. I highly recommend it. The Star Trek one to recommend is uh, Leonard Nimoy. And again, this is just showing you how much I love my, my, my love of audio dramas comes from Star Trek with Leonard Nimoy and um, John Delancey. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, formed the company um, uh, Alien Voices. And they made the infamous Spock versus Q uh, audio dramas, which are wonderful. But they also did other ones uh, based on classic, uh, like H.G. Wells novels and science fiction novels. Um, they're all really good. But in particular, The Time Machine. Uh, mm -hmm. Leonard Nimoy does the, does the voice of the, the time traveler. And his description of going down into the, uh, the underground of the future with the, what is it, the Eloys or the... Um, I forget, the 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 underground folks in the time machine. I forget what they are. Oh, that's to... I have I have seen it. I haven't read it. That's gone right out of my head now. I, I it's totally fine. Um, Morlocks. The, the, yes, that's it. Morlocks. When he goes down into the underground section of that audio drama and describes his experience with the Morlocks, one of the most terrifying things. I to this day, I still have difficulty even having listened to it numerous times and being an adult have trouble listening to that at night because it just scares the crap out of me. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't sleep anyway, so it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, so I've two last things to ask you. One of which I feel we've actually kind of talked about throughout. So the the question being, what do you think is Trek's greatest lesson? Mm -hmm. Um. So before I ask you the next, yeah, before I ask you the next one. So what do you think is Trek's greatest lesson? I think I think we've, we've I've touched upon it a bunch, but I, I do think it's in two two different parts, and I think they're interconnected. One is that thing that we've been mentioning, which is always striving to be better, but knowing that we won't reach it. And I think both elements of that are important to always strive to be better, but knowing that we won't reach it. Because if we strive to be better, sometimes we'll take for granted that we might actually reach it. But knowing that we won't actually get there constantly keeps you on your toes and constantly keeps you introspective and questioning yourself, not in a way that like is meant to paralyze you, but it meant to be like, how can I be better today? How can I grow today? Um, and I think both sides of that are really important. And the second part of it too is the idea, I mean, I have it tattooed on my wrist, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Um, you know, as, as problematic as Gene Roddenberry could be, his one phrase where he said, you know, that we need to take different delight in the differences of others and differences in life forms, I think is perfectly stated that it's not just about tolerance. It's about taking delight in that and knowing that because we are imperfect, because of the other element that I talked about, that it's our differences, our imperfections that make us better by coming together, that we can see, you know, different elements and learn different elements of our universe through others and exploring that together. So I think I think those two things, both in tandem of accepting others and taking delight in others for their differences, and also accepting that we are flawed too, and they're flawed as well. Um, and we can make something better together, I think is the most important lesson that I think trekking gives us. It's all about building community out of imperfect people striving to make a better world. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful message to take away. And the last thing that I will ask you, so you are a, you are a public figure. You are <laughs> a content creator. Um, you are, you know, we have thousands of people see you from day to day. They watch your videos. If there was one thing about yourself that you would like your audience to know, mm. that what, what, what would that be? Wow. Oh, you didn't know the tough questions. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, this goes to something we were talking about before we, before we came on. I just think it's, I think we need to think about this with everybody. Um, not just me, but like all public figures is that we're all human, right? We're all people trying to, it, it goes through what we were just saying before that we're all people just trying to figure things out. We're all trying to, you know, figure out life together. And I think it's important to always remember that even for, and I'm not, this is not to excuse anyone doing harm, excuse anyone doing awful things, but to recognize like even the worst people are humans as well. And I say that not to excuse them, but to say that we need to remember too that bad things come from human places and not mystical ones. And to recognize that means that we can, again, grow from the bad and learn from the bad as much as we do from the good. Um, again, not to excuse the bad or say that we want bad to happen or it's good that bad happens, but it's, it's important to recognize that in order to learn from it instead of just casting it out as a bad thing. And then going back to me, myself as a person, you know, I, you know, 
I get anxious. I, you know, I'm trying to make things. I'm, you know, going to screw up in, in my content, screw up in my life, things like that. I think that, I think it's just like, I think it's a nice thing to remind all of us that people are human. We're all human, just trying to make things, just trying to do best for, for uh, hopefully do best for others. Um, and, and look for the people that try are trying their best to care for others and make a better world. I think is the thing to keep the eye out for. So. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for that, for everything today. But well, th thank that you. Was wonderful. That's not, not at all. Not at all. It's been a complete pleasure uh, chatting to you. And I hope to chat to you many more times. Um, yes, but this is the one and done. Yeah. No, please have me back. And you are, you are more than welcome to be in my content. <laughs> either randomly or I will be happy to ask you. In fact, I'm, I have a few ideas for sex and Star Trek that I want to, I want to uh, ask you about at some point. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, I'll get you in there. But yes, most definitely please have me back. And, and from my aspect, I will say um, it is an honor to talk to you. Like this is, we we've interacted a bunch on Twitter, but this conversation we're having now is our first full actually talking to each other conversation. Um, and I, just to tell you on, on while well, we're actually recording. So it's, you can't, you can't take it away. I'll be listening. If you delete this, um, you do fantastic work. You and everybody at Trek culture do absolutely wonderful. It is a, you do, you do a wonderful job and it makes me very pleased every time I see a new, um, new Trek culture video pop up in my feed. So you are absolutely wonderful. You are so kind. I literally just like, <laughs> thank you so much. And, and thank you so much. You're sorry. There's, there's a team, um, so much hard work goes in, uh, like I'm lucky that I get to be a face, but I mean, there's so much work done, uh, editing, uh, all of that. Chris, Tom, I, I'm not going to name everyone cause I'm sure they're going to leave somebody <laughs> out. Uh, so you're all, you're all, but Jesse, thank you so much. Um, you are incredible. We will talk many times to the point where you're just like, I really wish I hadn't answered <laughs> his much, message. Too much, yeah. Sean. Too much, Sean. That's not, it's not a thing. Can't have. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will love you and leave you for now. I will put all of the links to everything in descriptions to this. Although you're far better bigger platform than me so that's fine people people oh people. shush we'll get you we'll get you in trek culture to 200k this soon yay, yay. <laughs> hopefully um you're awesome enjoy super bowl sunday mm. <laughs> yeah oh that's i'm totally totally not gonna be spending the rest of my afternoon uh recording a star trek video i'm totally gonna be watching that footballs <laughs> absolutely brilliant brilliant um you're you're amazing thank you so much jesse thank you <laughs>